Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the last Mountain West Wire football podcast. Myself, Jeremy Moss, Matt Kennerly. MWWire.com is where you can uh, read our stuff, download the podcast, or tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from. And do we need to epi- make an episode list for this, Matt, or do we just say, we just keep going as normal? Because it's episode no. two, officially, of off-season. No, I don't think anybody cares about numbers. I think they just care about qu- content, quality oh. content. Yeah, quality. That's the key word, quality, which, eh. We're pretty good, I think. <laughs> I think so. I hope so. <laughs> no, people listen. People like us. People tell us when they don't like us. So that's always uh, great to hear. Correct? That's true. <laughs> and being off-season shows, we will, like I said, do our best. We will have some banter because inevitably there will be some food talk, some random bracket talk, maybe some music talk because we do all sorts of random stuff in the off-season because we're here for you, right? There's a lot of time to fill. A lot of time to fill. We'll have some fun topics. We'll have some classics we've done before, some new stuff. But this week, not that we're behind at all because we have did earlier stuff before looking at, but what we're doing now is looking back. At, mm-hmm. Momentarily, after we get to our opening bit here, I guess, talk, we're going to talk about all the picks we missed, and you can laugh at us and say, ha, ah, you guys know nothing, which we will. I'll try to peg you down, Matt, of – Who's your early two-win team to go to win a bowl game or go to 10 victories? <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you looking for an answer right no, now? No, not now. We will, we will later. We'll, we'll briefly discuss about that. Okay, all but, right. But we will have, I think, I think our next show, we'll see, might be like our stupid early look ahead. Okay. Just because why not? So first, let's start with this. You brought this up because you bring some good ideas most of the time. Coordinator talk because coordinators are going left and right. Well, and it was largely because we talked a little bit about some of the off-season moves that have been made in our last podcast. And then, of course, as things happen, used most of the time, there was another move that happened, I think, a few hours after we recorded. Uh, and that was Scotty Hazleton moving from Wyoming to Kansas State. That's a big deal. Huge. So why do you think that is? Well, why was Wyoming good the past couple of years? Why, why did they become bowl eligible this year? I know they had Nico Evans, very good player running back, but it's that consistent defense the past couple of years. Yeah, and to kind of echo that point, even if they weren't quite as dominant week in and week out as they were in 2017, I think it's worth looking at the growth that they had because in the year before why uh, Hazelton showed up in Laramie, by defensive S&P Plus, they ranked 96 in the country. And then all of a sudden in that 2017 season, they jumped all the way to seventh. And, you know, even though it was a little bit rough in non-conference play, they buckled down. And when you look back at the whole picture, you know, thinking about 2018, they were still 44th overall by the defensive S&P Plus last year. And they didn't give up more than 30 points to anybody in conference play except for Boise. You know, they, they struggled on offense to keep up with, you know, especially the the, the better teams in the conference, like Fresno State, they really struggled against. Um, Utah State, they really struggled to move the ball against, but they were able to keep that to a one-score game too. So I think I'm with you, and especially when you consider not only Hazleton leaving, but the fact that they're losing so much on that side of the ball. Obviously, figuring out who's going to replace him is going to be one of the bigger questions of the offseason, and I'm assuming they'll have an answer sooner rather than later. But they're losing a lot at every level. And yeah, so finding a way to reload and and try to approach at least a I don't know a national average level on defense is going to be a very big task for the Cowboys going forward. It will be, and he came at the right time too because you got to give him a ton of credits. But also, I remember when we were podcasting years before that Wyoming defense four came weeks. You mentioned SMP Plus dreadful, but half those all those guys on that team in 2016 are still there now or guys graduating. So it's twofold. I always mm-hmm. say anything you have experience. Okay. We are skeptical. How good they are they going to be because they are so bad. The experience helped out, but he, you add that to coaching and players just getting reps and it's huge. And hopefully 
because right now we're doing this uh, recorded Sunday afternoon. We're probably going to publish this up midweek Wednesday, so maybe something will happen to the to that coordinator spot. But he is a huge deal. It's like he had all these guys there. There's still some guys like Logan Wilson. He's back next year. But these guys like Carl Granderson who's at the Senior Bowl. You lose um, Andrew Wingard is gone as well. A couple guys who've been around. He's like you said, they're losing a lot and. To be average, maybe because they saw some guys coming back. It's just not going to be. They're losing like on this team. I remember the New Mexico State game. I'm pretty sure it was obloviating because it's week zero. They're talking about like there'll be nine guys on this Wyoming defense in the NFL one day. Like, well, maybe not, but there could be four to six, right? I, I mean, I definitely think so. Yeah. By between this year and next year, I'm not sure you're after like younger, younger guys, but there could be at least half a dozen on an NFL roster, and. They need a defensive coach who can keep that going. And we'll see who it is. I don't know if they're going to promote from within. It's a awkward time to lose a coach just because you got the next signing day coming up in about what, a week and a half. There might be some other movement there, especially when the NFL season is still basically done. Super Bowl is coming up. There might mm-hmm. be a little bit of movement, but I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what they'll do. And so it's going to be something to see. But then again, if Hazleton on staff – all the guys beneath him, there's going to be somebody who's going to probably be candid on staff. And that seems the most likely scenario. Well, I mean, I think if you're, if you're looking for upside, just thinking about the immediate future, Wyoming, you know, you mentioned some of the more veteran pieces coming back like Logan Wilson, but they also have some young guys who played their way into the, you know, fairly prominent defensive roles by the end of last season. And those guys are coming back. I'm thinking about guys, for instance, like Keon Blank and Baker, mm-hmm. who was starting a corner opposite Antonio Hole by the end of the year, or Garrett Crawl, who's going to, you know, he has two years of experience under his belt. And he's probably going to have a, a bigger role with uh, Carl Granderson departing. So obviously, yeah, they're losing a lot of experience, but I think that if you look at, at the pieces that they've recruited in the last few years, it's not without some talent being left in Laramie for whoever ends up taking over that job. Yeah. They're basically bringing back six and a half starters mm-hmm. because you saw, oh, I could never get his name. Yusuf, um, cause you saw you Hanna guy fan. You Hanna, I don't know where I get the S in there. You Hanna guy fan missed the last couple of games. I'm looking at their final depth chart from their regular season finale. Seven guys who started that game will be back. And I say six and a half because he missed a couple games. And so mm-hmm. somebody's stepping in. So they bring over about half their defense will be back. But you're losing, like like you mentioned, guys like Wingard, NFL. Marcus Epps, who's been underrated, I think, will probably get a shot in the NFL. There'll mm-hmm. be plenty of guys. Like Wilson will be – like he seriously could be a consideration for defensive player of the year going to 2019, Logan Wilson. Absolutely. And they have a lot of guys. Like Granderson's gone. Like they'll, they'll be fine. And then – but it's just a – they have a good starting point, whoever comes in. That's the, and I will say this outside of like the head coaching lose, like with Matt Wells going to Texas tech and taking the Oaks with him. This is the biggest loss. that wasn't directly tied to taking a head coaching job. or going to tag it along with somebody else. Well, that was going to be my next question. When you look back at the off season thus far, you know, now you're up to five different coordinators moving on to different roles. DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer from Fresno state to Indiana, Hazleton moving to Kansas state, you know, both of the coordinators for Utah State, Yost and Keith Patterson, moving to Texas Tech, and now I'm blanking on the last one. Oh shoot! Um, <laughs> is it only four? Oh no, no, Calvin McGee moving hey, to yeah, New Mexico. Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah, New Mexico losing their guy. So, so you're saying that Hazelton is the most significant loss? Hammer with Fresno State. Those are the top two easily. Because... If you had to, ch- if you had to choose one, who would it be? Who. I would say Hazleton because well, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm wrong of me to say this, but I think it's more Jeff Tedford helping the offense and Fresno being better overall. Is mm-hmm. that is that fair to say? I think it's fair to say. So that's why I give a like it's a big head coaching thing. But Hazleton, because here's the thing: both units. If you look who was bad earlier, like d- during the past couple of years, Wyoming's unit on defense was worse than what Fresno State was on offense. Mm-hmm. And so he brought them up from not from worst of the worst to honestly top 20 team kind of country half these guys will be in the nfl and you look at first offense great things Keyshawn johnson you have with uh they find marcus mcmarion and bring him in to do well they bring jared rice tight end do well but i would say the bigger loss is Wyoming's defense because Wyoming's offense is so terrible and that unit has to be elite to keep them in games 
Well, I mean, I think I would tend to agree, but maybe for the reason that and maybe it ties into recruiting, which we haven't really talked a lot about, but I think it's fair to say, I'm, and maybe I'm borrowing a phrase from Bill Connolly, but hard jobs remain hard. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that getting people and sustaining success in Wyoming is more difficult than it is in a place like Utah State or Fresno State, fairly or unfairly. So, you know, when's the last time that, I mean, without looking it up, I don't have all the tabs in front of me, but I think it would be very, very difficult for Wyoming, even with all the pieces coming back, for them to have a top 50 defense next year by S&P Plus. When was the last time they had back-to-back years where they were in the top 50 on defense? I don't know if that's ever happened. Defensively, I don't know, because they've been known more kind of offense, like going back to Brett Smith in years before, like when Dave Christensen was there for a little bit, um, Joe Glenn. They've been more passing the ball a little bit. They're, or, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not really known for a defensive team. But I three years in a row that'll be tough. Like, but here's the thing: like with half those guys coming back, they'll still probably probably be on par with or close in the same neighborhood as. And this is some order thrown off the top of my head for who's coming back. But Boise's defense will be really good. Utah State's will be really good with all those guys coming back. Even Fresno State losing a couple guys, they'll still be really good. So they'll yeah. be a top. I'd say top fourth in the conference. But as for nationally, they might be. Well, we might be the bottom part of that but they're still gonna be really good okay so i answered my own question just because i was curious uh if you go by defensive s&p plus ratings they were in the top 15 back-to-back years in both 2006 and 2007 was that joe glenn years who was their head coach then uh i don't know that off the top of my head that's okay <laughs> i don't remember when he left or not but okay that's so it's been done a couple times yeah so so you, so your official answer is it still Hazelton? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And was this a good move for him to make? You think to go to Kansas State? I think so because I think that the expectations in Manhattan are relatively low, all things considered, and that you know they're going into this new era post Bill Snyder, where I've been assuming that the new staff coming in, not only Hazelton but uh, Dan Kleeman, the new head coach are going to have some time to figure it out. Like, I don't think anybody's coming out and expecting the Wildcats to set the Big 12 on fire next year. But no. I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, like we talked about with DeVore moving to Indiana, you know, now all of a sudden he's going to have to deal with the likes of Oklahoma and Texas every year. And that's a hard job for anybody. Yeah. And Clement, he brings him over because obviously connects North Dakota State with mm-hmm. the Craig Bowl. So that's, that makes sense to uh, go around and bring in Chris Clement and bring that guy over. So I, I will say it's fine. It's, it's a difficult job to replace. Like it is a big step up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll play like this year. He played some pretty good offense at Utah state. They who held them pretty well. They played a Hawaii team that was moving the ball pretty good, but nothing like I said, nothing like Texas, Oklahoma, or even what Texas tech will do or, even TCU at times with the, or Baylor and stuff like that. It's more consistent. Instead of playing like three or four really good offenses, they're probably playing 10, eight to 10. Well, the upside is it gets to play Kansas every year. Okay. That's a victory. Obviously <laughs> <laughs> beat up on less miles. Go mm-hmm. for it. So yeah, it, it's, it's a fine move. They won to Indiana still a little interesting, but what do you want to see with Fresno? Like who do you want their OC to be or what kind of person do you want to take that job? Well, I mean, I think I mentioned it last time. I don't know that there's been any official word yet, but I think the expectation among some parts of the fan base is they'll just promote Ryan Grubb because he was the run game coordinator in addition to being the offensive line coordinator last year. And considering that the Bulldogs just hired yesterday a new, uh, from what I saw from the headline on Twitter, a new offensive line coach from Idaho State. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Ryan Sapolu, I think his name is. Um, but if he's, if he's coming in to coach the O-line, I'm assuming that means that someone on staff is ready for a promotion. And I think that's probably going to be grub. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Um, we, we don't really need do, uh, Utah state coordinators. I guess we briefly mentioned that Sanford's been around. He'll be, I think that's a, a pretty good move for them. I think My, so. Mike Sanford, for those who don't know, was at Boise state. Was it Stanford recently? Was he at Notre Dame for like a year or two? Yeah. Yeah. And then the head coach of Western Kentucky for a while. So he's fine. He's recruited that here. He's a pretty good recruiter as well. So that'll help Utah State. Because, like you said, getting players to Wyoming is tough because they probably have one FBS athlete in state per year. 
Mm-hmm. Utah State has a few more, but still not amazing. Still going to recruit California like Utah State does in Texas and other places. So offense will be fine. Just Enya comes from Utah, who was with uh, Anderson. They're coached linebackers. And if you see in Utah football play, they have a guy, Chase Hansen, pretty good. They have a lot of, always have a really good defense. So that's, they'll be, that's a fine move. And I think those were pretty good hires for them to get guys who you know and know the area. Because that's a big deal. If you know the area and you can beat out other schools in the state, that's fine. That's or not fine. That's really good. It's what you want to do. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, we need to go off topic here, Matt. Okay. Um, have you been paying? I know you and I don't really pay attention to a first take ever because it's stupid. Do we need to bring up Derek Carr? <laughs> I guess we can. Yeah. <laughs> he what? What's the deal with that? <laughs> he, for those who don't know, apparently got pissy with Max Kellerman and wants to uh, fight him. It was something about challenging his heart. And I'm, and the only thing I could think is, like, among other things in the last couple of years, Derek Carr played with a broken back. Yeah. So how is anybody going to challenge his toughness or his heart or his willingness to, to go out there and put everything on the line? Like, I'm not even a Raiders fan. Yeah. But it's the whole thing strikes me as slightly ridiculous because it's first take. Yeah, because it's over the top and always ridiculous. That's why I rarely mention it. But it it's also when he broke his back, wasn't it the same year as basically an MVP candidate? He was in that conversation, yeah. And oh, and also he's dealing with a team that's led by oh. John Gruden. Oh, John Gruden. Can, that... we, can we just throw that out there? Because it's it's not like he's working with the Bill Belichick out there. It's not like he's working with an Andy Reid. Um, I think he's kind of fighting against limitations that a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL are probably dealing with. It's just, man, I don't know. Let's see. Let, let's start the ways. Let's um, trade Khalil Mack for a first round pick or multiple, whatever traded him away. Complains doesn't have a pass rush. Okay. Can't pass the ball. Let's trade Amari Cooper to the Cowboys to get a first round pick. Great. He does great in Dallas. Mack does great in Chicago. Let's not play our best defender for half the year because shrug emoji Let's bring in uh, Mike Mayock to run the be a phantom GM because Gruden does it all. Let's do all this, this, and this, and he can't coach. It seems like he's ridiculous and wants to control everything, and has no clue what he's doing in the NFL. He's like, I, I'll take a short quarterback. It doesn't matter. I'll do this. It's like not the height matters for the Kyle Murray stuff, but he's just been a joke ever since he's been back in the league. And Derek Carr is also a guy who played, like you mentioned, plays well. Played a broken back, doing what he can, and then also CG Anderson got cut, and look what he almost—he's in this freaking Super Bowl and led the Ra- the Rams to do to do pretty good things the past month. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what what are you doing? He has no clue what he's doing there, playing for a dysfunctional organization who, by the way, don't know where they're playing in 2019. Mm-hmm. They could be playing in well, actually, I know nine locations, all the road games in London. <laughs> it's to fight him. It's like it's funny. It's like let me fight you because. Whatever, then Stephen Smith, Stephen A. gets involved. He's like, you know, let me make up some fake controversy. North Carolina high school football. Get over yourself. Like, can we get Carr some stability before we start making these decisions? Like, how many offensive coordinators has he had in his time in Oakland? Because I'm pretty sure it's like three or four at this point. It's a couple. And their point, I think part of the point was, like, a legitimate, I guess, quasi-legitimate point is that Gruden didn't draft him. And part of the conversation started was maybe the Raiders need to look at another quarterback or for the future, get a quarterback, which is not, is not a far flung thing to say just because he didn't draft you new GM, new coach, new everything. He's reasonably cheap to cut if they want to cut him. And so it's a conversation that's probably worth having, but not like overly serious, serious, unless you take a guy like a fourth, third or fourth round guy to have a backup and maybe he turns into something. But if they're going to waste one of their three first-round picks on, like, Kyle Murray, good luck. Raiders are going to suck forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that was just overly dumb and stupid and fun to talk about because why not? Oh, yeah, awesome. That kind of stuff just makes me irritated. Like, I, every time every time I see Stephen A. Smith say something really stupid, I think about this, this link that I, I didn't read it, but it was, like, from a month or two ago from Robbie Calland. I forget where he posted it, where he called Stephen A. Smith the king of sports media. 
You mean and you... and and every time I see Stephen A. Smith say something like, "Oh, Hunter Henry's going to make a really big difference in this Chargers game," or Kareem Hunt's going to play this weekend, or Kareem Hunt's going to play this weekend, like I just I, I just put my head in my hands and I'm like, "Who thought that that was a good idea? Why does anybody take this guy seriously?" I used to like him about about a decade ago, but he's changed quite a bit to be terrible. Like, the only good thing about Stephen A. Smith is that one joke tweet about him and Skip Bayless. Not the P.F. Jenks tweet? No, no, no. It's the, the Holocaust tweet. I don't recall. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, just a conversation between Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless where he's like, you know, I'm sensitive to the Holocaust. And Skip is like, yeah. And he says, but. Oh, no. End it there. No, but. And that's, and that's the joke. That's the Twitter joke. Uh... Jesus. I can't believe you don't know that one. I don't know that one, apparently. See, I stay far away from these guys. That's just like, that's the entire Stephen A. Smith ethos right there. It's, I don't care. He's worked his way to get where he's at, which is great and fine, but you can't, like, a miss, like, I know somebody told him, because I do radio stuff, I'm like, hey, you messed up, or hey, this guy's not playing. I'll whisper that to the guy's ear or something, like, if you slip up, or, because that, that, those things can happen, like, oh, sorry, Hunter Hunter's not playing. I was just kind of on a on a going off on a rant or just kind of stream of consciousness, like mention guy A, B or C that can happen. That's not an overly thing, but to never acknowledge or mention like, Oh, sorry, like he's not playing. And especially for his radio show where there's plenty of time to do that. It's like, come on, whatever. And also there's, I forget where it's at, but there are odds placed on it too for the fight. <laughs> oh God. I think it was Bavada. I saw that because and people were, and people were wondering why Derek Carr was uh minus one ten. Yeah. It's funny because of Bovada, I get all I get all those emails as well for like, hey, here's the college football Heisman or just all the odds that people post in their email. Hey, reply back and we'll give you odds on something if you'd like. Huh. <laughs> and so I, I was looking at one play. I forget what it was during the college football season about something, but I'm like, ah, it's not worth it. But they will, if they'll email you back like, hey, I want odds on Fresno State to win the college football playoff. They will send me back odds on that if they're not listed. Interesting. And so maybe we should have some fun with that this off season. Or whenever, we should. I think we out. definitely should. <laughs> uh, I, I do have one good idea. I'll, I'll pitch it out to you, see if you like it. So it'll be fun. Either a new podcast series coming up. Um, did you know, um, I'm sure everybody's familiar with the website Yelp, mm-hmm. which I only use if I'm out of town to find stuff, not really to use the reviews. But apparently there's reviews of like every university. Maybe we should have some fun with that and see what people review about the schools. <laughs> maybe we should. That could be a... Uh, somewhat uh entertaining if we do it right i don't see why not it's off season right and that's what, true we gotta we gotta fill airtime somehow especially since uh basketball is gonna be done we will have our uh really really quick uh top 20 or top no sorry not top 20 but uh top 50 all time 20 years mountain west we are going to we're rolling that out too we're gonna do some podcast stuff for that have you um you you've been working on your fresno state this week right you looked at yes. it a little bit have you looked at my list so far that I kind of had up there? I have not. Okay. We'll get to that later then. We'll have some random podcasts going over these, but look for Fresno State this week. I know I'm behind. Everybody who on our website who I promise these things, my scheduling is terrible apparently. <laughs> I forgive you. We've got 11 whole months to do this. We do. I kind of want to do every day do one, but I'll pin it to the homepage. We got the MW at 20. So we got like three teams out. Well, I need to do, to be honest, a couple of week, a couple of week. And we'll have um, counter pieces, uh, add-on pieces to all these top 20, uh, top uh, not top 20, geez, all-time 20 team. We are going to do, you may, we brought up a good, good idea. Are we going to do a top 50 player list of all-time as well? We absolutely are. I'm working on building the list right now. Excellent. We're go- In addition to that, we're also doing a um, four-deep all-conference team, all-time team. There you go. Can we give a tease and just say who number one is? Right now we're not. <laughs> <laughs> No, we have we have some good ideas of who's gonna be where. We're also gonna mix in. Um, we're gonna do some sort of bracket, maybe what top thirty-two teams, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. We'll go off like if you want to conference champion or in, and then pick some better teams off like um, I guess Sagarin's is the best ranking system that's been around the longest, so we'll probably go with them. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, are we ready for the big big time? Let's do it. All right, let's um, let me get a good pause marker here, just a moment. All right, thanks for listening to whatever I just played there. So, preseason predictions gone wrong. Oh, boy, this is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> Maybe for you. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm okay. I feel no shame at being wrong. If, you know, it happens to everybody. No, it does. I, no, I'm just, just messing around. We know how to. So, should we start with our uh, – what should we start with? Order of finish, I guess. That's the easiest one to go through. Yeah. So, here – 
I couldn't find mine, so hopefully I'm right on these. I do basically remember because I kept looking through my Google Docs. I'm like, I know I wrote them down because we talked about in our preseason podcast about because you were more organized than I was, obviously, which you typically are. About hey, here's my number ten team, my number nine team. At, let's start as a staff, Matt. So I have it here. This was done July 23rd, 2018, days before media day 2018. West Division. Our staff went San Diego State, Fresno State, UNLV, Nevada, Hawaii, San Jose State. Uh-huh. Not exactly how it finished. <laughs> Not quite, no. It ended up being, obviously, Fresno State. Who was number two? Shoot, I don't have that up. Oh, crap. It was Hawaii. It was Hawaii. That's right. Sorry, I, I meant to have my standings right here. So it was Hawaii 2. Then it was – oh, I'm so unorganized. I apologize. Who was number Nevada. three? It was Nevada. Not Nevada? Yeah. <laughs> also, did you see AP style book weigh in? I did. About what? If it's Nevada, Reno, UNR, Nevada – it is oh, oh, yeah, I did see that. I it mean, is. if you're talking about the academic institution, then it's UNR. But if you're referring to the teams, then it's Nevada. Exactly. I thought that was common knowledge already. No, people argue about UNR and Nevada all the time. I'm pretty sure when you say people argue, it's mostly just UNLV fans trying to get under everybody else's skin. And maybe um, Raj a little bit, some Boise fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that'd be then Hawaii, San Diego State, UNLV, San Jose State. So we were... Um... Our most strong pick was Hawaii by far. Definitely. I think was I did I I think I remember I put Hawaii last and I put them like 0 and 12. I mean not 0 and 12 but winless in conference. Wasn't that one of my bold dumb picks? Uh I think so. Cuz you had you had yeah, if you're referring to you, you had San Jose State um 6, right? Uh no, I had San Jose State beating Hawaii actually. Oh, no, it was you then, right? Who had them last? Yes, I did. Oh man. Yeah, so I had Hawaii at two and eleven and winless in conference play. It just and, that, and if I remember correctly, it's mostly because I thought that the offense was gonna uh, be a little bit erratic off and on, like it would be exciting, but maybe turnover prone and things like that. And obviously, they came firing out of the gates and uh, made that a, they pretty much obliterated that prediction by the end of September. Well, I remember you saying they may not win a lot of games, but they'll sure as heck be interesting. Yes, and you're right on both fronts, right? Well, they did win a lot of games, though. And they're interesting. That's true. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to find my list. I know I have my list somewhere, because I do remember now I made a Google Doc about who did what. Oh, here it's we okay. go. I found, okay, I found this here, my 2018 Big Podcast Preview. I'll go off of this, I guess. Okay. Um, Oh, let's just go, let's do this now since I have in front of me. I have yours, too, here, Matt, so it'll be great. It'll be easy. Um, my biggest disappointment in 2018 came to fruition. Hawaii did not bring back the rainbow uniforms. Oh, that's true. They did not. They they still need to do that. They need to be a regular. I do like the new helmet they have with the Hawaii Island on one side. Those are nice. Um, your biggest disappointment, Wyoming. Yeah, and sort, I, of, and sort of right. Sort of. I mean, I think among all the teams, oddly enough, we're talking about misses, but I think Wyoming might be the one team that I nailed pretty much exactly. What because I had the, because I had them six and six and four and four in conference play, and that's exactly what they did. You know what else you're spot on? Fresno State, mm-hmm. or, Fresno State over Boise State. In the well, top. yeah, but I also had them going undefeated as well. Well, hey, that's so. If we're, if we're counting misses, then I gotta own up to that. No, one. the t- official title: Mountain West Title Game Participant and Winner. Oh, that's true. I was the opposite. I picked Boise over Fresno. Close enough, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll all allow it. You want to hear our dark dark horse title games? <laughs> uh, let's see. I remember. I, I remember. I picked UNLV. They were in there, yeah. Uh huh. I don't remember what I said. I think did I say Colorado State? No, we were actually close on this. You you had Utah State over UNLV. Okay. I had Utah State, so we're both pretty right on Utah State because they were close. I picked over Nevada. Although you know what, I don't. In retrospect, I remember thinking afterwards, why did I pick Utah State? Because I had Colorado State finishing second in the division. And uh, just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's do the next one here, um, really quick. Biggest surprise. Um, you had Colorado State. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they. Um, what did they go? Three and nine. Three and nine. All right. Mine was Wyoming's offense will be significantly better without Josh Allen. Was it? No, <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe that depends on how you look at it because the running game did improve with Nico Evans, mm-hmm. 
And once Sean Chambers was under center, especially, they were able to kind of get things going. But uh, would it be fair to say everything else was pretty much a disaster? Yeah, I, they did improve. They went from bottom to last in most categories to like ninth or tenth. So sig- the key word there is significant. Mm-hmm. And that was not a significant jump. Uh, no. All right. Uh, Bob Davey did not get fired. Still weird that that didn't happen. Um, that's all I got for those. That's pretty good. Uh, oh, that's your bowl predictions. Okay, so that's not too bad. We're okay, right? Yeah, I think so. I guess the picking the mountain division is pretty simple too, right? Was it though? Well, here's what we picked: Boise, CSU, Utah State, which were very close. Wyoming was actually within seven points of Colorado State and two behind Utah State. Mm-hmm. Then Air Force into Mexico. So we were all a little bit higher on the Rams than than most. Yeah, but then when Mike Bobo does his um, quarterback conundrum, running game is non-existent, that kind of muffed a few things up for us to say, hey, they're going to be this. And they were not. Well, that that and the defense also did not improve at all. Oh, yeah. Defense was just terrible. Yeah. Uh, And it ended up being, really quick, if you forget already, Boise, Utah State, Wyoming, Air Force, CSU, New Mexico. So we got New Mexico and Boise, right? There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, should we do? Let's go to Player of the Year stuff. Do Brett Rippin won Player of the Year, correct? He did. That's who we picked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, oh man, Armani Rogers and Lexington Thomas were in the mix as part of our staff picks. Well, I mean, Lexington Thomas wasn't a bad choice for most of the year. After, yeah, especially after a head coach of Tony Sanchez said, "How about you try harder?" Yeah, pretty <laughs> that's much. That was a little awkward. Rogers being hurt, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of a wash. Juwan Washington, same thing. McMarion was fairly close, but not quite there. Defensive player of the year, we had Andrew Wingard as our staff projected. Who? Mm-hmm. Um, I should have that list in front of me. Who won player of the year? Uh, defensive player of the year was Jeffrey Allison. That's right, Jeffrey Allison. So he was not. He was one of our projections here. We also had Curtis Weaver, Boise State, Carl Graderson, and Johanna Goffin. I got it right that time. It's right in front of me. Guy fan. Guy fan. Sure. So. We, we're, we're close enough, right? We were in the conversation. Yeah, we knew where the conversation was leading. Yeah, uh, especially this player, we whiffed on all that. Dwan Washington, Avery Williams, uh, Dominic Elbury, Ebry from Utah State. But who cares about special teams? I guess unless you're Skavon Starver, who does uh, Scarver, who's All American kick return of the ball. That's pretty. I'm good. About to say, I'm about to say, Utah State fans might want to have a word uh, with you on that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So what was your um, – you have your win-loss projections. Was your worst one the uh, Hawaii one? No. Well, I guess – let's see. Hawaii won, what, seven games this year? They went to a bowl game and ended up being – yeah, seven – no, eight and six because they beat San Diego State. Oh, right. Okay, so I was off by six wins there. Ooh, um, but I was also off by six wins on Colorado State as well. The, op- the opposite way? Yeah, so there's a tie both ways. That's not bad. I, if I recall, I had Hawaii like doing awful. So mine was terrible. I, I still never found my list here. I keep looking for it. It's my Google Doc is so unorganized. My Google Drive. There's no point in me even looking anymore during this show. I just kind of remember a few things here and there. That happens. But like during the year, like we're the only. I think the only teams we really kind of whiffed on were kind of unknowns. Like Hawaii, who knew they would be that good under a new offense? We knew they had John Arcira back to the pass catching the ball. Who knew Cole McDonald would be that amazing halfway through the year with 20-plus touchdowns through five or six games? Mm-hmm. That type of stuff nobody saw coming. Um, Utah State, we weren't sure because they brought in JUCO guys and they've lost so many one-possession games, and they just blew everybody out. And that I would say the, I would say Utah State was a bigger surprise in Hawaii this year. I mean, I don't know that I would necessarily agree because I think the question surrounding Utah State heading into last year was like, we knew they were going to make a jump, but the biggest question was how much of a jump were they going to make? Sure, but winning by scoring how many times? 40 plus, 50 points? 40 yeah, plus. so I'm just saying, I think we underestimated them in a different way than we underestimated Hawaii. True, yeah, because I figured Utah State, we had them, what, second or third, which means about eight wins. Mm-hmm. We th- I guess you're right. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's a better way to put it, different ways. Hawaii came out of nowhere for the wins. Utah State came out of nowhere. It's like, this is the best offense they've had ever. Mm-hmm. 
and it led to them winning. And also, again, the schedule wasn't great for Utah State. There, it was back end, back ended where they ended up losing to Boise, a close one. But then they beat North Texas pretty easily. They hung with Michigan State week one. That was a bit. That was probably those are the two teams we, I guess, were wrong on the most. I guess, and I guess for improvement wise, and CSU up there as well because we figured running game is going to be good, quarterback's going to be fine. We didn't know what Preston Williams would do, and he came out to be the best receiver in the conference, essentially, right up there. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just that freaking defense is just awful. Yep. Um, and he, uh, again, San Diego State's hard to go by because injuries kind of derailed their season a bit. And so it's kind of – we were wrong on them, but it's kind of hard to be right or wrong, I guess. Or, sorry, right if you lose two offensive linemen, quarterback, best running back preseason, probably top three player. And, yeah, the defense stayed fine. The offense kind of fell off a cliff once its best player got hurt. Yeah, same with UNLV because Romani Rogers, when he was out there, he made that big a difference. With like you mentioned many times, with the, what he could do with his legs to move the ball, and then they bringing in the other quarterback, and it's like, well, that sucks. Thomas is doing nothing, and they just stumble to four and eight. Mm-hmm. All right, what else do we need to get to? Any other predictions that we have that you want to discuss that you got that you want to gloat about? Uh, not that I can recall, but I think we were considering talking about our top 50, revisiting that. That's right. I almost forgot about that. So we do we do our top 50 every year, which I hope people enjoy because it takes a lot of time. And we will do, I guess you already threw it out there, top 50 all time. That'll be a, an interesting list to go through. I'll tell you this. Uh, you want to know who my favorite Mountain West player ever is to watch? Who's that? Eric Weddle. No, I, I could see that. University of Utah guy. So whatever you could say, bias. But quarterback he played quarterback when Utah had no quarterback he had to return kicks he'd intercept the ball and he played basketball for a couple years on the team so there's mm-hmm. he was he's similar like I think what like Brian Erlacher did for the for the uh, not bear excuse me Lobos same thing kick return part return kind of played linebacker safety they did all sorts of things he's just a fun player to watch so mm-hmm. that'll be we'll get to that later but top 50 here's where we miss big the most biggest or that's not word the most the biggest miss there we go let me get my words out um it's probably the Utah State transfers, JUCO transfers. Because so which one? Which one would you say is the biggest one? I'm looking at this right now. I'm double checking Utah State. Um, probably from the transfers, Utah State in general. Well, maybe we can answer that as a two-parter question. I would say because I'm looking at our top. I need to open both tabs. I only got one tab up, but because we have a two pager here, top twenty-five, we had. Oh shoot! I need to read it before we had no Utah State player. We had one Utah State player in top twenty-five. No, excuse me, two. We had Dax Raymond, who was at the Senior Bowl this week, doing pretty good. He was our highest Aggie player, and then we had Quinn Fickle in the center as number twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming we had no Darwin Thompson, no Tippa, we did not. no Tippa. We did not. Um, probably not Jordan Love either. No, we did not. No Jordan Love. Um, no Rontavian Carver. Those are the only two Utah State players we had in the list. Mm-hmm. No, yes, yeah, so I know Gerald Bright. Again, it's it's hard. Like you could say, oh, you know nothing, but who's gonna really put a JUCO guy on there? It's kind of hard to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean we've been doing this going back to the old sites for at least five or six years now. Yeah. And the one thing I've come to understand is like it's it's very hard to project, or, or people maybe are reticent to to put players out there who haven't had a past history of production. So like when you look at someone like Tar- Darwin Thompson, who in, in retrospect, he's very obviously one of the best players in the conference, yeah. but he didn't play for Utah state before this year. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to say, or it's hard for people to or put Preston out Williams, same thing to generate a consensus to be like, yeah, this guy is going to be a top 50 player be- when, when he hasn't been in the mountain West before that. Um, and I remember like for me, the personal example is KJ Carter Samuels, even though he didn't, he didn't make the top 50 obviously. But I remember thinking before the season started, like I thought he would be a pretty good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And while maybe he didn't live up to be exactly the kind of productive quarterback I thought he would be, I still thought he was fine. If it, not necessarily top 50, he was, but that's, that's kind of emblematic of how, when we're putting this list together as individuals, I think most of us think of it in those terms as like, what have you done in the past versus like trying to project forward among people who haven't been in the conference in the past. So really quick. Yeah. Utah state. Here's the honorable mentions. 
um, Roman Andrus, Dominic Elbury, the kicker, um, Gage Ferguson, Jamarcus Ingram, Jordan Love, Ron Quaven Tarver, and Christopher Unga. Sorry. And excuse me, Unga. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that Logan was the guy who voted for all of those guys in his top 50. No, I, I can look it up. I honestly think I put Jordan Love, I think, possibly mine, maybe. It might be. But I, I distinctly remember Logan putting a slew of Utah State players in his – and in retrospect, you know, he was spot on. It's, although although I noticed not I noticed David Woodward yeah. is not on that list. No, see? And so maybe so maybe if we're looking for one substantial miss from the Aggies, it's it's probably him, right? Well, I would say three. Well, I guess overall because Love is on honorable mention, but no Tippa or Darwin Thompson or Gerald Bright. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bright would be on there, but Dar- Darwin Thompson for sure. Because yeah. didn't he end up making second team all conference? I believe so, yeah. So there's it's hard to go like it's it's difficult. And that's part of it too. Yeah, slew of Utah State guys. That's why we have every most I think every team covered but Air Force at the moment. Where yeah, if there's an extra Utah State guy or an extra San Jose State guy, it'd be as well. Like we had um oh, that's Bryson Bridges there. Do we have Boogie Roberts in our top fifty anywhere? I don't believe so, no. He ended up being on our first team all conference. Mm-hmm. And he was at the uh, tropical or tropicana bowl a couple weeks ago trying to get the NFL, so there's it's just tough it's like that's why again we have all these guys different teams so that's why it helps even now it's like oh and we look at each other's list a little bit oh maybe i missed this guy because we have a huge spreadsheet everybody drops their names in there i may look at matt's list like oh do i have this guy underrated or overrated or look at somebody else's list or other guys to do nevada hawaii i'm like oh why do they have this guy at number 27 for hawaii and i don't have him ranked for them i'm missing something and Mm -hmm. so it's a good bout back and forth but going through like who other players like here's our uh, top. Should we do a top five real quick? Yeah. Um, uh, shoot. Tabs. Top five. Brett Rippin, spot on. Lexington Thomas, number two. Probably not. No, no, definitely not. Then we had Carl Granderson three, Andrew Wingard four, Keyshawn Johnson five. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe we overrated Thomas a little bit based off of his 2017. But, I mean, that had been his second straight year of being really productive in that UNLV offense. So it's not like the case wasn't justified at the time. It's just he came back down to earth a little bit in 2018. So out of those top five, who would be your new t- – uh, I'll, I'll answer the same thing. I'll put it in spot. Who would be your top five at the end of the year if we did this now? Uh, well, I mean, I think we had a consensus of Brett Rippon as being at number one, mm-hmm. which he also was in 2017 as well. Um, no, actually, no. I think I put Lexington Thomas number one, I believe, but it was pretty close. Yeah, I was, but I think as a group, we put Rippert at number oh, one, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think that we were definitely right about that. Um, does it have to be in order? No, just name like like who's five guys. Like I would probably put Rippin, I think would be a clear number one. You could consider guys like Preston Williams, who amazingly of what he did for Colorado State. You could put Jeff Allison for Defensive Player of the Year. You could put uh, – there's a handful, plenty of guys out there. Like Jordan Love, obviously, being that top five mix. Um, who else would I stick in there? Try to, I don't want to just name offense because everybody knows I only like offense, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think if I had to put a top five in no particular order, it would be Rippon, Keyshawn Johnson, Ezra Cleveland, David Woodward, Jeffrey Allison. That, that's a good mix, yeah. Um, not, not John Ursula? No, I think he would probably be like if, if we're talking in basketball terms, for instance, mm-hmm. among the first four out. Yeah. Um, I would also have Malik Reed in that same situation where if somebody wanted to talk me into him, mm-hmm. I could definitely be talked into that. Tyler Horton's pretty dynamic, but missed a couple games. Yeah. Um, here's I'm looking at our, our list. Like I think our list is pretty good. Out, like the only obviously the big miss, like you said, the JUCO guys and Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Like here's our biggest miss. I would say. John Arthur at 20 is probably a bit too low. Probably. Um, Alexander Madison, 16, maybe a tad. I'm trying to see who else here who would be on. Ty Gandy at 21, probably too high. Izzy Matthews, way too high. Where would you put Marcus McMarron? We had him at 24 preseason. If I remember correctly, I had him higher than just about everybody else. I think I had him top 10. It, I don't know if I had him top 10, but I think I had him at least in the top 20. Would you say still t- that's a where he ended up, or preseason wise, that's good? 
Well, I mean, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it before, but I voted for him in our postseason all-conference team, first team. That's right. So you, you're pretty high on him. So you, you would like him higher. That's what we're getting at. I mean, I had no problem with where he ended up before the season. But, yeah, I was I was bullish on his chances to be an all-conference type of impact player. Oh, you want to know? Okay, I, I found our top 50 list. You want to know who I put number one? Who's that? Andrew Wingard. No, that checks out. So did you. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yes. I said uh, you had Curtis Weaver up there. You had Brett Rippin number three. Not too bad. I'm just looking at a couple of lists here. I had Keyshawn Johnson 10. I'm trying to see where you put McMarion. You had McMarion. Oh, not as high as you thought. Hold on. Let me do a good old command, oh, did I not? command F here. Yeah. Well, we're about to get blown up. Um, no, that's fine. I'm kidding. Top... <laughs> wait. Oh, wait. Wait, McMarion. Wait. I had no you. Sorry, Matt. You had him at thirty-one. Oh, did I? I was the high. I I recant my previous (laughs) statement. I was the high. I was the second highest to Marcus McMarion. Um, Irwin put him at number twelve. Oh, okay. So I'm just looking at a couple of those lists. Um, Yeah, no, I'm not going to go through that list right now. It's too much. But I think overall we did not too bad, right? Yeah, I think so. Like if we're looking through here, like yeah, I guess Izzy Matthews is a bit like I mentioned before, twenty-two big miss. Um, oh, one big miss is um, San Diego State. Oh, what's his? I can never say his name right. Tenzo. Kaya Tizino. Kaya Tizino. Yeah, there we go. I don't think he made our list at all. I'm double checking. He did. Here. He did not. Whew, that was a big miss there. Yeah. Did we not also have no Hughes? Juju Hughes on here? I think I put him on there. Did I not? I'm che- I'm just going over real quick a check in. Um, yeah, I had I had Juju Hughes in the top fifteen. Okay. Maybe, oh, he's not on our top 50 list, though, unless he's on top 25. This is so entertaining. I love it going through a list and telling everybody about it. <laughs> this is riveting stuff. No, actually, he was not our top 50. He was number 42. Oh, okay. I was just about to scroll up there. 42. Okay. Although, um, I think I think I was making I was making the Juju. argument silently. like cause in And I was thinking about pro football focus in particular, mm-hmm. how last year he was the top-graded returning starter on both sides of the ball for the Bulldogs. And after 2018, now all of a sudden he is still the top returning defender. And I think he was even better this year than he was last year. So maybe this is an early spoiler alert, but I'm guessing when we put together our list for 2019, he's going to be a lot higher this time around. Juju Hughes? Yeah. Did we not have an Air Force player on our list at all? Nope. Whew, that'll change next year. Because That's true. Donald Hammond the third. No, no, you know, you know who's going to make the list next year, or at least who better make the list next year is Jordan Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, I just again remember I'm only offense. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, I I knew there was defender, but Donald Hammond is the first name that came to me. So if we're gonna, um, how much time we got here? Eh, we're gonna wrap up soon. We got about ten. Well, if we go an hour, we may not reach an hour today, which is fine. It's off season. You, you get what you get. Forty five minutes about is what we're gonna aim for. So we had a quick. You mentioned Jackson. You mentioned Mike or Hughes. Who would be like your super early? I'm gonna put this guy in the, near the top of my list. Is it Jordan Love? Pretty simple answer. He's one of the guys I'd probably put pretty high. I mean, he's definitely one of those guys who's gonna make the leap from being relatively unknown to being top probably ten, in everybody's top, top ten or twelve list at a minimum. Maybe top five. I don't know. Maybe for me, I like who's back. Like in the top, like Juwan Washington's back. He's the highest. Re- is Lexington Thomas back? Is he coming back this year? No, no, he's he's gone. Oh, that's right, he's gone. So the top returning player from our preseason list is Juwan Washington. Mm-hmm. So he'll probably be up there. Armani Rogers, I assume, would be high. Um, Fresno's running back, whoever's back there toting the ball, will be up there pretty good. Cole McDonald. Well, I don't know about no, maybe not Cole McDonald. Cedric Bird, perhaps. I mean, I think that there's a few different guys that I would consider ranking pretty highly based off of what I think they can do. Like one one guy, for instance, John Hightower, mm-hmm. Boise State, just because you know even if he wasn't 100% healthy the entire year, he made plays. I saw enough from him to think like if he's 100% and he's their number one guy for whoever's under center for them, he's going to make a huge impact. I think so too, especially if he gets to healthy and plays more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say whoever's a Hawaii quarterback, if we know that, if it's McDonald or Cordero, mm-hmm. we'll be high in the list. Uh, I'm trying to ba- bounce around the league real quick. Um, I already mentioned Rodgers. Um, Nevada, now they lost McLean Mannix. Um, 
I mean, one guy I'm very interested to see how people measure him is uh, Dom Peterson. Mm. Yes, yeah, the defensive tackle made our all bowl team. He did, and he was very quietly one of the better freshmen in the conference last year. Yeah, is was he a true freshman, a retro freshman? I, I believe. I believe he was. Yeah. So there's plenty of guys. Um, yeah, we'll go. We're shooting off the hip here, so we're probably missing ten guys. I guess we could say. Um, um, oh shoot, Colin Hill possibly. Can I throw Sean Chambers in there too? Of course, why not? Um. Uh, also, um, who's the um, the Mike Bell declare for the draft for Fresno? Correct. Yes, he did. So he's okay. Um, we'll talk about this later. I don't want to just random random throw off names because I'm gonna forget somebody, which I already probably have. Okay. Well, uh, if we're if I'm gonna throw a Fresno State name out there, I'm gonna throw out Ronnie Rivers. Yeah. Look at that bowl game, man. Versus Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Almost had the extra touchdown, man. Whew. What do you have? Two hundred and thirty all-purpose yards. Something like that, yeah. Two hundred plus. So we'll we'll get this list going. But in the meantime, shoot us up on Twitter, MWC Wire. Um, let us know. Go to our Facebook page. Leave us a message there. Um, I think we have our mes- mentions or messages open on Messenger. So let us know what you want to talk about because it's long off season. We can't just do streaming talk every time we do once a year, which we probably will do because there's a million ways to watch football now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess our plan was to no. Here's our plan. We're going to do. We already put out our super early bull projections, which I mostly did myself, but went off also our our staff's early picks. Should we? Uh, we should go to those and make our stupid early predictions for 2019. Let's do it. That's what we'll do. And the plan is going forward. I'm assuming if our schedules work, to post the show every Wednesday to complement basketball, which is probably Monday. So we'll have a show every Wednesday. And I'm still working on getting interviews and doing some sort of a I don't know documentary type series type deal for the. Uh, MW20. So we'll see how that turns out. Since I know a handful of people who might say, sure, I'll come chat with you for 20 minutes about whatever. So look for those down the road. And I will promise, I'll make a promise. You have to keep it, everybody has to keep it to me to do this, to post multiple things a week about the MW, MM, M, geez, hashtag MW20. Can we get that hashtag rolling maybe somehow? We'll work on it. Is that a good one? MW20? It's succinct. I think uh, when you look it up, you'll know exactly what you're looking for. So, yeah. All right. That's what we'll do. And so we'll see you next time. Um, Again, mwr.com. And next time, folks.